This episode is brought to you by and was recorded at Brooklyn Podcasting Studio. You can find us online at brooklynpodcastingstudio.com. In addition to having a comfortable and professional atmosphere, we also provide a lot of feedback and great advice and tips for brand new podcasters. So if you're looking to start your podcast journey, this is the place to be. brooklynpodcastingstudio.com. Book your session today. And welcome to another edition of the Super Peace Podcast. It is I, fully vaccinated Polo Parata, your host, along with my co-host, GK. How you doing? Hot. <laughs> okay, GK's hot because it's 90 degrees. But uh, I'll just introduce our guest because, you know, we don't want to waste any time. Um, he's been, I think I've interviewed you twice already. Yeah. You've been, been there, rocked there twice. Yeah. So he's here for round number three. It's the one and the only... You know, Mr. Dapper Dan himself, ah, Jay Flatbush. What's good? How's everybody doing, How man? How you doing, man? I'm good, man. You know what I mean? I decided to look like an extra from a Scarface I know. Movie you look right like now, you need you to be in Miami for the weekend, I, bro. Yo, I'm telling you, man. I might catch a flight right after this, man. You know Just take a guy, quick day guy, trip. You know what I'm saying? Snap a picture because <laughs> this guy's El Fuego. Fogo. Yo, I, I actually want to blame my wife for this look. You know what I mean? So I had something else, another outfit planned out. And then she was like, nah, come here. And then she just started going through my closet mm-hmm. and throwing stuff on. And this is what she came up with. She said, I look cute. I don't know. Okay, but you know. Thank you, baby. Yeah, listen, you got to follow the wifey's, you know, suggestions. Cause yeah, yeah, you know, you women know, know you best. You know both. Yeah, you know, it was up to me. What we go through. <laughs> you know, I, I, for 30 something years, I wore a Yankee fitted every day. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I figured I'd switch it up, get my grown man on a little yeah. bit, you know? But first and foremost, like, you're one of the only people that I saw during uh, the lockdown time. Yeah. The time you came to the crib. Yeah, I like, came to the crib. Yeah. And then we we actually kicked it at uh, Caton Park a couple of times, yeah, too, yeah. at the dog so you're park. Like, <laughs> literally one of the few. I've only, only saw like maybe three or four people. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so how you been dealing with COVID and all that? Man, shit. Uh, last year and a half has been crazy, man. Um, you know what? It took a little bit of time. Like, everybody took some time to adjust, like, being at home. I got a dog, you know. Mm. Oh, yeah. I told you about dog. that. Yeah, I got a Rottweiler uh, puppy during COVID, and that actually helped me out a lot, man, because mm. it gave me, like, a purpose and something to do. Uh, you know, when, with that extra time when, you know, because you got your commuting time when you're going to work and then you're going out and all that gets taken away in the blink of an eye. Mm-hmm. You're like, all right, what the fuck I'm going to do? Just sit here right. and play 2K all day? Like, right. nah, I need something, you know, uh, something to keep me going, man. And getting the puppy and training her um, was actually something that really kept me on track, man. And now she's like a, a year old and 120 pounds almost. Mm-hmm. Um, grew up beautiful, man, but she's also well-disciplined, well-trained, and they wouldn't have been able to happen without having that time during COVID. But, yeah, man, we adjust. Things are coming back to normal now, it seems. You know, I, I'm half vaccinated. I ain't fully vaccinated. But I'm fully, baby. I'm waiting on that second As shot. As of Friday. Uh, it's better than nothing, right? Yeah, right. right. So I actually, not for nothing, man, I... I, I was dubious about the vaccine because I saw Shorty that took the vaccine and then she dropped out on camera. I don't know if you remember yeah. that. 
and I got like underlying health conditions. Yeah, yeah. You know, I told you like a, yeah. like a year and a half ago, I had a very very minor stroke. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what, I'm, uh, I'm gonna let this let them work the kinks out and right. shit. Uh, but now nah, it seems like everything's good, and I'm also, you know, I got net season tickets, and they ain't letting you come in next year without the vaccination. Without the so vaccine. I'm like, fuck that. And, like, and see, that's why I try to tell people like they're gonna they're gonna. I don't. I know they didn't want to say this, but they're gonna force you to take this stupid. You gonna have to because even like have to, man. in terms of some states are gonna stop you from coming in yeah. unless you sell a fully vaccinated card. That's all coming down the pipeline. Absolutely, Just like you said, you wanna go to a sporting event, you gotta Concerts. either be vaccinated or you gotta have a. Uh, um, if I'm right, you gotta get have like a um a test within twenty. Yeah, so I went like to that. a yeah. Nets game a month ago, right? Right. And they had like a full setup on the side where you usually get your will call tickets, right? They had a full setup with people just giving out tests. So we, me and my wife went there. We took the test, had to wait like an hour, over an hour for the results. We went across the street to the mall and just walked around. Right. And they have a whole app and everything that just pings you whenever the test results come in. Mm-hmm. So they turn it around mad quick and then you could jump in. But I'm glad I went there early because I didn't even know the process was like all that. Yeah. So... Um, but yeah, man, they're doing that now, and eventually it's gonna be like, if you ain't got the vaccine, you ain't coming in, mm-hmm. man. So, I think in order to try to get back to how life was before COVID, you, you, like you said, you're gonna be forced to do it, man. Yeah, because like you know, I want to go see my daughter in Florida, mm-hmm. and it's like, like I was like, you know what, I have no choice. Like I have to get vaccinated. Like you know, yeah. what I'm no matter. I mean, I, I did my due diligence in trying to figure, you know, figure out and see what's what and what's in it and stuff like that but then it's just it's like i i want to travel i don't want to be stopped nowhere i don't want to take a test yeah can i ask i gotta ask a question you were talking about the nets game for a background because it's all virtual right do you have the portal like they put the camera on you so you can be in the crowd like virtually no 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 what's the process with the nets game game. but you have season tickets so then you get like um like first pick of being on camera. Oh, you talking about the game? Oh, yeah. So I was at a couple of virtual games. Uh, you know, when they were just all virtual, when they had the virtual crowd, and so yeah, they have. Um, they send you a link, and it's a Microsoft Teams uh, app that they use. Okay. So they send you a link, and then they randomly put you in a, a virtual crowd where it's just like it takes, like you know, like Zoom almost, but you have the background. So they give you the background. So no, no, the background is like uh, um, uh, it looks like a, an arena, and it looks like seats. Okay, but they just put your head and your face in into their virtual background. Okay, yeah, because it looked all uniform, and I was watching wrestling, and all the backgrounds all over the place. So it was crazy. Yeah, I watched NBA game. Everything was uniform. It looked a lot neater. Yeah. Know, so they, they have it. like spots, like like actual virtual seats. And depending on what order you come in, like they assign you a section, a virtual section. And then depending on what order you log in, that'll determine your place in the seats. Okay. And they were only offering that to season ticket holders? Uh, I think initially, yeah. Um, or friends and families uh, of the Nets. So... I know a lot of people at the Nets. Shout out everybody. Hmm. Um, but um, we're always shouting them out. I got to. That's family, I man. Know. You know, they sent me the care package. I, I think I sent you a picture. They sent me yeah. a care package with like every single bobblehead from last I'm season. I'm still waiting for my bobblehead. You know what? I had it in my car for like two months and <laughs> I was supposed to meet up with you. Yep. 
Yeah. I finally took it out of my car, but I got you next time, yeah. man. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, man, uh, I'm, I'm proud of my Nets, man. Uh, you see what we did last night, man? I was, looking good, man. I didn't watch it. Did they win? <laughs> we looking good, baby. Did yeah, they, they won. They won. Uh, they won. I don't. I'm preparing for that parade on Flatbush. Listen, Ad, I don't see nobody in the East beating them, but. Nah, you know. even Philly, like... I think Philly, like I told you, I think Philly will take a couple games from them, but I don't think they can beat them in four straight, like the only, four games. The only thing with Philly you got to worry about is Embiid, man, because our defense, and it's especially our interior defense, is just atrocious, man. But, you know, when you got an offense that could drop 130, 140 in any given game, mm -hmm. it's like you always got that puncher's chance. It's like in heavyweights when, you know, Heavyweight might be trash, but you know you got that puncher's chance. You I know, know for mean? you, you want the Knicks to play the Nets. In the oh, playoffs. I would love that, son. You know how much shit I've been getting from Knicks fans. It's for the possible, last, right? But it, it won't happen. Until it won't happen to the final, the Eastern, Eastern Conference, Conference Finals. Final. So mm -hmm. the Knicks have to be Philly in order to play us, right? Uh, which I, you know what, I think is possible, mm -hmm. and I'm glad. I, I really do hope the Knicks beat Atlanta because I do think they could wear Philly out. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they could beat Philly. Yeah. But I wouldn't say it's outside the realm of possibility. But can you imagine that? Yo, the tickets city would be, would be on fire. Yeah. On fire. <laughs> the tickets would be astronomical for that. And it'd be a sweep, but it'd be short-lived. <laughs> oh, jeez Louise. I mean, they, they, I don't care how gritty and well-coached they are. There's no way in hell they can. I think you gotta be careful. Way. There's a Nick fan somewhere in there. I know there's a Nick fan somewhere, somewhere lurking yeah, in here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I see the hat, but nah, man. Like, you know, I, I, you know, we were talking before we rolled the cameras. Like, I have no animosity. I used to be a Nick fan, but I am from Brooklyn. Mm. I am from Flatbush, and I grew up not too far from the Barclays. And once, you know, once the Barclays open up. It's, it's, it is about Brooklyn, man. I'm not from New York. I'm from Brooklyn. I keep telling people this. So what do you man. say about the people that say the, the Nets are really uh, Jersey's team? I mean, yeah, they're really – but Jersey couldn't, you know, they couldn't sustain them. You know what I mean? They had to come to a, somewhere real to, to shine. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And it opened up so much opportunities. Yeah, man. Yeah. They, origi they actually originated in Long Island. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Jersey rented them just like we rented them, whatever. Right. But, but you know how people don't remember that. They remember that. They just knew uh, Of Nets. course. Everybody's memory is short-living. 20 years from now, they ain't even going to remember they was in Jersey. Right. You know what I mean? Especially after some... we went four four championships in oh, the next Jesus. five years. They, they had some good runs in Jersey. Walter, I'm sorry. Though, right? I'm sorry. Like, they had some good <laughs> runs. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. They were like going they had against Dr. The J when they was in Long Island. You know what I mean? Well, but I'm nobody saying, remembers that. Like and in nobody's going to remember Jason Kidd was on the Nets 20 years from now. Yeah, Jason kid those teams were good i liked them a lot yeah man mm -hmm. like I, I i do like what they've done since they've been in brooklyn with rebranding you know getting rid of them uh, those old jersey uniforms were trash like just no, from, I, well i like the ones that uh like everybody was hot the, about the, the white red and blue ones the creamsicle joints that yeah. they, I hate. You don't like the, the you don't like the white, white, red, and blue ones. Not really, man. We got like the old, like the old school from like the Long Island yeah, yeah, next yeah. ones that look kind of like the yeah, Philly jerseys. Yeah, yeah. yeah, those are hot. Yeah, those are like classic joints. Uh -huh. But like the one with the big blocky nets nah, logo, like no, nah, no, man, it's like trash. I think it is like a little bit of elegance and cool, and that's why you know when you contrast the Knicks and the Nets, yeah, you have. 
one team that just feels like they're old and stale with the, you know, they haven't really done anything to modernize themselves, the Knicks. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They're run by an owner who is probably the worst owner in sports. Nolan. And then you contrast that with the uh, with the Nets, who you know are fresh and young and modern, and you know it's like buying an old house versus buying that new crib. You know what I mean? As someone who's been house shopping recently, mm-hmm. but you you know you want those modern luxuries. You know what I mean? You want a, a owner who's a billionaire who's going to spend five hundred million dollars on your training facility or <laughs> however crazy amount. Versus the Knicks still training in Westchester in a gym, mm-hmm. you know, with some high school kids or whatever. Like, you know, and it's opening up business opportunities. I guarantee you James Dolan ain't going to Alfred Payton talking to him about investment opportunities. But let me ask you a question. Do- Do- Dolan hasn't blocked you yet? Oh, not yet. Holy <laughs> <laughs> shit, you done did all the years. Yeah, so for anybody who doesn't know, I, <laughs> I created the James Dolan fan club just Yo. to troll Knicks fans. Um, Walter's bad. I just like fucking with people. It's bad over here. It's bad. He's uh, <laughs> I have a JD in the straight shots uh, fitted hat just to show my support. Because uh, <laughs> I be getting a lot of shit from Knicks fans. And the funny thing, I don't hate y'all, man. Y'all hate us. Like, the Knicks fans hate us because we, after the Garnett trade, and we traded away seven draft picks, multiple draft picks for seven years, and Garnett and and Pierce only last a year, everybody's like, yo, the Nets are trash, they're Mm. done, like, they're irrelevant. And then we signed the top three players, arguably the top three players in the league outside of LeBron. On the same team, and then all of a sudden, you get all this backlash and all this hate. Mm-hmm. I gotta rub it in. I gotta, I gotta fuck with you a little bit right, because right, right. you spent years fucking with me. Like, come on, it's only fair in love and war, baby. Can't hate the player, hate oh, the game. This this <laughs> I'm sorry, Nick fans. If you're a fan of the Knicks, this is not the show for you. Please turn us off. <laughs> nah, I saw love. Go New York. Go New York. Go. Yeah, but um. So, let's get into this. So, I want to know, because I know me and you, we, we do talk a lot about stocks and stuff. So, I'm going to bring everybody into the fold, because I've had an episode where we started talking about it, and then we kind of got off it. But, um, you know, how, how long, like, what got you into investing? Because you're a big you, investor. Fucking you. <laughs> you. So, you mentioned that we met up during the pandemic. Right, right. right. So... What happened was there was a day I was in the park with my dog and me and you talking and you talking about your investments. Right. And I'm sitting here and I'm looking at my savings account and my 401k and I'm making half a percent, two percent a year or whatever. Not enough. I was like, yo, there's got to be a better way to accelerate mm-hmm. this. Enough. You know what I mean? And, I'm, you know, I got some, you know, you dropped some gems on me and. You know, I I, uh, I opened up a couple of brokerage accounts. Mm-hmm. Um, I opened up one with Robinhood, and I'll get it. I'll get into them in a minute. But yeah. and then I w- opened up uh, one with Weeble. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me tell you about my investment journey. Right, right, right. right? So I I started dibbling, dabbling in it late summer, mm-hmm. and then in December I started going a little harder. January comes. And what comes with January? GameStop. Mm-hmm. Right? So I'm on these discords. Like, I, when I tell you I was going hard, man, I was going hard. Right. Like, I'm on uh, stock discords 
just learning from people on how to day trade, mm-hmm. how to swing trade. Right. Um, and I got investments here and there. I got invest. I had uh, CCIV mm-hmm. back when they were GHIV. Yeah. Um, I had uh, SNDL. Mm-hmm. I had a, a bunch of stocks, but I ne- I wasn't really paying attention to GameStop like that. Right. January twenty seventh come, and all of a sudden GameStop goes from sixty seventy dollars to one hundred and fifty to 320 to 400 and something. Mm. And I'm sitting there looking at this because the discords and Twitter and everything going crazy. Going crazy, right? And I'm like, yo, how the fuck did this happen? Mm. Like, GameStop? Like, I thought they was going out of business. Like, because the pandemic, you know, between GameStop and, and AMC and other recovery stocks, like, mm. it was looking bleak. So what I did was I FOMO'd in. So I dropped like, you know, I'm not going to say how much, but I dropped a significant amount of money into GameStop near their peak. Right. So you caught it when it, when it was going up. I caught it when it was going up. And like midway through, like around the $240 mark, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I caught it going up. And then I'm like, yo, we might hit 1000 3000 4000 Who knows? Like based on everything that I was saying, because I didn't know... I've heard the term short squeeze and mm-hmm. I knew it kind of fundamentally what it was, but I didn't really understand what was happening. Yeah, so tell, but tell people what that is because they so, don't know what that is. All right. So when it comes to investing, you got bulls and bears, right? Mm-hmm. So with bulls, they're the people who are betting that a stock is going up. That's normally most retail traders, me and you, anybody right. with a Robin Hood app or, or a similar brokerage app, you're betting, you buy a stock. It goes up, you sell a stock, that's a bull, right? Mm-hmm. A bear bets a stock is going down. However, a bear can't buy a stock to bet it is going down. They have to borrow a stock. It's called shorting. Mm-hmm. So you have mar- market makers, the big banks, and, and um, uh, people like uh, Citadel and others. Um, not Citadel. Citadel's a, a hedge fund, but... Mm-hmm. Um, you have uh, like the Black Rocks of the world right. who lend shares to uh, places like Citadel um, for them to short. And what that means is I'll lend you these shares and you have to pay a certain interest rate on those shares. And let's say I lend you the shares at 10. You sell them, betting that the stock is going to go down. And then you buy them back at like three or four. They, they, then you know what? You just made a $7 profit. You make a profit off of the difference between what you sell them for and what you buy them back and return them for mm-hmm. minus the interest rate. So what happened was with GameStop, most uh, some hedge funds who short a stock, they're betting on that stock to go bankrupt because if a, if a company goes bankrupt while you short the stock, guess what? You never have to buy back those shares. So if you borrowed shares at $10 for argument's sake. Mm-hmm. Not only do you not have to buy those shares back, but you don't get the capital gains tax on those shares as well. So a lot of these short sellers, what they were doing was they were manipulating the system and heavily shorting companies with the hopes of bankrupting them. That's what happened with Toys R Us. They attacked Toys R Us to the point where they couldn't be a viable company anymore financially and had to file for bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. They were trying to do it with GameStop and they were trying to do it with AMC and others. But what happened was um, 
Roaring Kitty, this uh, dude on Twitter, uh, he was deep, deep fucking value on um, on Reddit. Right. He noticed this and he started making videos back in late summer telling people this is a good investment opportunity because GameStop fundamentally can turn around. The Reddit crowd started listening to him and they all start jumping in on the stock. And the next thing you know, the short sellers can't bring the stock down enough to 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 bankrupt the company. And I remember I told you that they're paying interest rates now. Right. Yeah. So those interest rates, that's just straight up losses on them. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, they they got to the point where they couldn't sustain the losses anymore. They have to buy the stock back. And that creates the short squeeze because as the stock rises, remember, it's not just one hedge fund. There's hundreds of them. And as the stock rises, one of them covers their shorts. It starts rising. Then another one covers. And then all of a sudden, it's the reverse FOMO. Mm -hmm. And that's what blows the stock up. I didn't know none of this shit. What I knew was I invested a bunch of money and lost. And I started seeing red on uh, on my brokerage account. And I'm like, yo, what the fuck? So what I did was I took the next few weeks and just deep dive everything about stocks. Yeah, because there was a time even going through COVID that every stock shot down, like went down. Like, yeah, I was in the red all types of ways. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And the fact that I stayed in, now everything is almost back to normal, back to levels. There's some stuff that's still down, but... um. No, nah, that's what I'm saying. Like you, uh, listen, you, you, you've done. I know you've done phenomenal because we've talked about certain things that you yeah. hit <laughs> that you hit on. Yeah. So, do you consider yourself a full fledged day trader? Um. Or are you just more like? I a, think if you want to be a day trader, a true day trader, it has it has to be all or nothing. Mm-hmm. Because there's so much. I'm more of a swing trader now. Okay. Like I, I was dabbling in day trading for a little bit, mm-hmm. but now that I but started, now that I started working uh, at another company and I, you know, I'm like house hunting and stuff like that. Like right. I didn't really have the time needed because this is money we talking about. This ain't monopoly money. This right. is real money. And if you're not really on top of it from a day trading perspective, you can lose money like that. Right. So I'm more of a swing trader. Where swing trading is a little different. Day trading is. You jump into a stock, you look at the charts to see when it's overbought or oversold. You jump in when it's oversold, ride it up when it's overbought, mm-hmm. and then you jump out. Yeah. That whole process, it could be an hour or it could be five minutes. But you have to catch it at the right way. Right. And I was doing that. Mm-hmm. Like when I, I say in January I lost a bunch of money and I, I got motivated to learn more by the end of February. I made up what I lost and then started making profits because I was day trading like a motherfucker. Like, Mm -hmm. so, you know, but you need to, you need, it's like my, my boy came over one day and he was like, yo, it's like you're watching a game of Pong all day because you look, I have like two screens with like six charts on it and I'm just watching the stocks go up and down, watching the charts and then jumping in and jumping out. So I'm now I'm more like a swing trader where I'm looking for like news catalysts that are going to affect the stock one way or another and then try to anticipate it. And swing trading is more like a, a couple of day process, mm-hmm. right? Versus day trading where it's like instantaneous. Yeah, because uh, but one thing you did, um, you did say, and I, I tell him all the, all the time, like um, 
you do have to put forth the research. Like you gotta like kind of like look up shit, and you gotta like find out what terms mean. And and I tell people, I tell people this all the time, bro. Like all the time, you don't need need a lot of money to start. No, you know what I'm saying. You start, you know. I tell people, put start putting thirty dollars in your account and just messing with penny stocks, and then yeah. mess with this stuff that you know is good for you. So if you do take a loss, it's not like. Well, you know, you're saying the sky's falling. Yeah. Because there's a lot of people that, for instance, that if they had something, an emergency, where it was like $500, they don't got it. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because people live check to check, and that's disposable income, meaning that as quick as it's in, it's gone. Right. You have to figure out a way to, when you get disposable income, to keep some of it with you, and then make the one that you keep with you, you make it work for you. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what the, that's what I was telling you, and then the whole thing about yeah, absolutely. And you know. even even let's say for argument's sake, you can't even afford the thirty dollars to put in. Right. If you really want to learn it, Weeble has some called paper trading. Right. Where you don't have to put any money down. They'll give you it's it is monopoly money, right? So right. they give you a, a million dollars, and then you invest it in just to learn how it works. Mm-hmm. Before you put any real money in. Yeah. Now, real money is going to give you a, a better motivator. Right. It's a better motivator to learn. But yeah, but I would never tell somebody to throw five thousand, ten thousand. I mean, I mean, you, you, you know what I'm saying? You're different because you were like, you know, every day I'm eat, sleep, yeah, shit, yeah, stop. Yeah, 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 yeah. But so, the average person working every day, this and that, I just think that's too much to be like, okay, let me throw this in there, and then what happens? They get a big loss, and all of a sudden the sky's falling. Well, that's what happened with me with right. GameStop. Like, right. you know, I think. Hang on. Yeah, hang on. yeah. So everybody's riding like this high of stocks as gambling, and you get a high off of gambling. Yeah, it's gambling. Oh, right? it's gambling. Yeah, absolutely. So people don't realize that ten years ago we had a housing crisis. Mm-hmm. Twenty years ago we had a tech bubble, right? Mm-hmm. So it seems like every 10 years, they pull the rug out from the market and you lose everything. Yeah, and it's about so to happen again. It is, because it's time to happen again. And nobody's talking about that. Everybody's riding this sugar high mm-hmm. off of their GameStop and blah, blah. People should be really worried that the rugs are get pulled out again. Mm-hmm. I couldn't agree more. And this is, this is what's happening. What I described with GameStop and all of these stocks that the company, that hedge funds are trying to bankrupt, what happened was they didn't bankrupt them. Mm. And they over leveraged themselves with short positions. So what happens is when you're over leveraged and you can't uh, start affording to pay that interest, you get margin called, which means whoever is lending you this shit is like okay you don't have enough collateral Mm -hmm. to back up your positions you need to start liquidating assets Mm -hmm. and then once enough of margin calls happen you're starting to see it now with crypto the last few days Mm -hmm. all the crypto yeah yeah, all crypto went down I saw that yeah I saw that that's because these hedge funds are starting to get margin called and they have to liquidate their positions to, yeah, to meet cover, their margin. To cover the margin yeah. They're covering their margin requirements. Right. And that's going to happen with all of these stocks that aren't involved in the shorting, right? Mm-hmm. So you're going to see a lot of stocks like Apple, like the blue chip stocks, they're going to take a nosedive, I guarantee you. But it's like a, it's like a scale. Some stocks are going to go down, but some stocks are going to go up. And it's these heavily shorted stocks like GameStop, AMC, Cost, uh, Naked, Nokia. Mm-hmm. 
all of these stocks that these hedge funds try to short into oblivion, they're going to explode because mm-hmm. of it, just, just for a short time, like right, a week right, or two, right, right. they're going to explode before the entire market takes its shit. Mm-hmm. But it's gonna happen. So what's to be the cause of it, you think? Regulations? That's well, what regula- my feelings are. Yeah, but, so yeah. you know they have a new um, SEC, and we're going deep now, but they have mm-hmm. a new SEC uh, director, Gary Gensler, I think his name is. And if you've been reading up on what he's been saying over the last three weeks since he was uh, sworn in, he's putting in a ton of new regulations that put uh, stricter requirements on on short selling. Um, and they're going after these hedge funds who are who are doing naked shorting, which is shorting a stock when you don't even own the stock. And it's creating synthetic shares. And that's one of the reasons why we see a lot of this corruption and market manipulation is, you know, you have you have people doing things that are blatantly illegal, but the SEC hasn't really enforced any of their rules because a lot of these hedge funds were in bed with, you know, uh, with the SEC. Now you have a new SEC director who the new administration, the Biden administration, is kind of like was like, yo, you need to go fix this shit. And if you see what he's been saying recently and some of the actions that he took, he, the SEC actually sued a hedge fund this weekend um, for market manipulation. And that's going to start happening much more frequently because they're trying to root out all of these hedge funds. It's the same thing that happened in 08 when they were you know, doing the uh, collateri- uh, collateralized debt, uh, um, the CDOs. Oh, I remember, yeah. Yeah, Funny. where they were taking these bullshit fucking mortgages and packaging them up mm-hmm. um, and selling them as, uh, uh, you know, AAA commodities and shit, where they, they knew the underlying uh, um, mortgage was trash. They were selling them as A-rated, but you got people who had a, a FICO score of 400 taking out mortgages with a variable rate, and then all of a sudden when the rate jumps up, they can't pay their mortgage, they default, and then the whole thing collapsed. Mm-hmm. That's what created the mortgage crisis. And if you want to understand that, watch movies like The Big Short. That was like was, the start of it. Yeah. When you're talking about it, that was that's the very beginning of it. That's and the that's very beginning just, of it. And was, it's happening in a different way now with you know short selling and naked shorting and creating synthetic shares of stocks for companies that they want to bankrupt so that they don't have to pay the capital gains tax and they don't have to... Um, uh, they don't have to uh, buy back the shares. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's why it's happening now, and it's. I think we're a couple of weeks away or a couple of months. I don't want to put any dates on it, but mm-hmm. very soon this shit is gonna blow up, man. And a lot of people are people who have money in four. I took all my money out of my four hundred one k, every dime. I took it out because this shit is going to explode mm-hmm. and people are going to lose a lot of money on their 401ks they're going to uh people investments you know yeah. retirement funds i mean they lost a lot even with the uh with covid yeah well yeah. you know what 401ks funny. took a hit 401ks took a hit initially but 2020 the the first quarter of 2020 the market took a shit mm. if you look at the rest of 2020 it was a bull market mm-hmm. There were certain stocks that were doing terrible, but for the most part, the Dow Jones and the NASDAQ didn't drop that much. Right. 
we are definitely going through a period of inflation right now because it should have dropped. Yeah, it should have. It should have dropped, but a lot of people were borrowing on margin to keep the shit up. And now it's the bills coming due. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, man, it's going to be interesting, man. Uh, so, do what you want. This is not financial advice. Trust me. Go. I don't want nobody. Let me make that very, very clear. <laughs> this is not financial advice. Do not sue me if you lose all your money. But what I'm doing, taking all my money out of four one of the 401k, I'm investing 80% of my, of my overall net worth into some of these stocks that I feel like are going to go up. Right. Especially AMC. I don't know if you guys been following. Yeah, it, I heard that they're trying to do the same thing with AMC that they it, did the GameStop. That there's a margin. Yeah, I, they were talking about it a lot last night yeah. on the internet. Mm-hmm. But that's you know, a lot of people don't realize. People always do, they wonder like why why people are in the know about these things. Like he was saying, he pays attention to discords. Mm-hmm. It's all chat rooms. Yeah. you gotta read chat rooms. You know, yeah, I learned well, most most of what I learned off of Reddit. To be honest, that's how like that doggy coin bullshit. Yeah, but now jump the, off in the exactly. chat room. Now the the guys that were on Telegram, Wall Street bets, like their Reddit's still there, but their Telegram is what's popping. You know. Yeah, that's true too. You gotta you gotta fish where the fish are, man. And I wouldn't say put all of your trust into Reddit thread uh, board um, Reddit boards because. Sometimes they all have their own ulterior motives, too, mm-hmm. for pumping the stock. Yeah, like right? they're steering it into the direction well, they want it to steer. Exactly. But if what I say is learn the fundamentals of why things happen, right. why a short squeeze happens, mm-hmm. why do hedge funds get margin called, and then you look at the numbers for a stock that you're interested in, and you do your own research. Mm-hmm. Don't rely... Because if you rely on Reddit boards, that's how I got screwed in the very beginning, man. Like... You rely on a Reddit board, and they're like, "Oh, it's gonna go to a thousand. It's gonna, and everybody's saying AMC is gonna go to a hundred thousand dollars a share. Calm the fuck down. Like, it's not. If it went to a hundred thousand dollars a share, it would collapse the world economy. Yeah. Be realistic, but you know, could it go to like three, four, five hundred dollars a share? Mm. I absolutely think that might be the floor for it. So. Mm. You know, just take what you read with a grain of salt mm-hmm. and do your own due And do diligence. your own research. Because that's what I do. Because, you know, I run my account with my daughter's <laughs> accounts. So I'm always reading. I'm always looking at stuff. I'm always, like, you know, saying I be sending symbols and, you know, type yeah, of nonsense. Man. But, you know, um, yeah, you, you, you're making some good points. You definitely should do the research on your own. And uh, you, you can always see something on a Reddit board or whatever. But but this, I do think... Wait, wait, wait. Well, yeah, talk about Reddit... Is Reddit still gonna go public, or do you think all this like fucked up no, the it IPO? Go yeah, it's gonna go public. It's, it's gonna, gonna go public. It, it's on the calendar. That would be the thing that I sell everything yeah. in my house. I'm being honest with you. I'm waiting for StockX to go public. StockX, <laughs> no, no, it's on public. Yeah, yeah, it's going public. A couple That's more a months. I'm waiting for Robinhood to go public so I can. I'm in there like swimwear, baby. And I'm a short the uh, shit Square out of Robinhood. Space is supposed to go too. Yeah, I think StockX. Yeah. That's that's. Instant cash, bro. Yeah. Do you, do you do you fuck with options or no? Sometimes, not yeah. all the times. You know what I'm saying? And it's a good point you said about margin calls because I know a lot of people don't know. You know, if you uh, buy a stock, 
off the like say you buy it after hours or mm-hmm. you buy it before it's open you can catch a margin call from that too yes you can because if it opens up higher and you don't have the money to cover it well i'm trading off a cash account now right because i'm not fucking with margin exactly, like because they want to know what you I... and then they charge you a fee if you don't yeah, know yeah yeah you get that fee plus whatever you gotta I, pay i like i don't even like putting money on my credit card like i don't like i don't like having a balance on my credit cards that's why i don't you know I charge something and then I pay it off right away. Margin, if you're not careful, fucking with a margin account, you can get fucked. Yeah, because I know people that buy, you know, that buy like early in the morning. Like as soon as they yeah. wake up, they That's buy. That's why I got Weeble. Yeah. Because with I'm Weeble, just... you can buy it 4 a.m. Yeah. from 4 a.m. to 8 p.m. Yeah. You can start uh, trading. Yeah, but if the market opens up and the stock is higher than what you had on there, like you're in the cash account, then... That's it, it's a margin call. Yeah. Nothing you can do. And then they charge you. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, oh. exactly. Exactly. It's man. happened to me. I was like, fuck. Yeah, but Pirate, I was a savage, man. Back in like February, I was getting up. This is when I was day trading heavy, man. Yeah. I was getting up at 4.30 in the morning. <laughs> For real. I was getting up at 4.30 in the morning, seeing what stocks like opened up on Weeble, what the top gainers were. Right. And jumping in at 4.30 in the pre-market mm-hmm. just to catch something that's, like, on the rise, looking at the RSI to see once it becomes oversold and then jumping out. I was doing that with, like, three, four uh, uh, stocks every morning, man. I know, because even when, I was, when we were texting each other, you were, like, in it. I, that's I what I knew. It. I was like, damn, did he just... Like quit everything and become a a trader. Yeah, like, like people been hitting me up because yeah. my Twitter, you know, my Twitter was normally about sneakers and music. And the last five months, it's just been about stocks, man. And it's some. I'm I'm happy that more and more people are becoming financially literate. Yeah, you have to. You know, yeah. because it, you know the the clothes and the you know the jewelry and the car and sneakers. That's all good. But if you're not learning how to maintain wealth and wait, main, and build and make your money work for you. Yeah, you're hustling backwards. I, yeah, you're hustling backwards, man. And it's a lesson that I learned recently. Mm-hmm. I'm not even trying to preach to nobody. Right. Because I was on the bullshit. Like, I got some money and I, you know, I just blow it. I blow four or five racks on, on, on clothes and shit yeah. like that. And now, like, that's another thing about the pandemic, man. I can't remember the last time I bought a pair of sneakers. Mm-hmm. Like, probably pre-pandemic was the last time I bought a pair of sneakers. Because you ain't going outside. You're not dressing up. Like, I stopped buying clothes, really. Mm. I stopped buying sneakers. And that extra income that I normally would have spent on that shit. you have enough clothes. Come on now. I know. You have enough no, My closet. Come on now. Let's my closet is ridiculous. <laughs> but, no, but that money I would have spent on clothes, I started investing it. Right. And... It was the, one of the best decisions I ever mm-hmm. made, man, because now I'm making enough money where maybe I can retire in 10 mm-hmm. years or even sooner. And think you know about I mean? it. You're about to get your crib. Yeah, yeah. So I'm leaving Brooklyn, y'all. I'm leaving Flatbush. Yeah, man. <laughs> so I'm not calling you Jay Flatbush. No nah, more. it's going to be Jay East Orange. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but real. yeah, man, I'm closing on the house, man, in East Orange is beautiful, man. Yeah, um, man. Hopefully everything goes well, but I should be moving out there in July. Nice. Yeah, man, it's time to, you know, grow. I moved back to Flatbush about a year and a half ago. I remember. And, and I was surprised. Yeah, I wanted to come back home, man. I really, really missed home. I really mm-hmm. missed being around. But, you know, I realized, like, I didn't really get to enjoy that time because as soon as I moved back, 
the pandemic happens and the, everybody's inside. Like, you know, yeah. you know, it, it just didn't feel the same, man. And, you know, I got the dog and she needs a backyard. I got mm-hmm. my two kids. And, you know, they want more room to run around and stuff like that. So, Well, you know, as the family grow, and that's the, that's yeah. the problem that I'm... I'm slowly but surely coming. You just need more space. You like, need more space, man. Just, you just, really do. It just won't work, you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm going to need some design tips uh, on how to trick out the man cave, though. Oh, man. I got I'm you, gonna, kid. I got you. Yeah, you know man. I, I got, uh, you know me, I got uh, in the house, I got two big just, uh, display cases full of yeah. man cave items. You've yeah. seen them. You've seen yeah, them. Yeah, I've seen them. I, see. I have two now. Oh, you have two now? Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, That's man. That's how much crap I got over the years. I'm definitely copping the pool table. Oh, I yeah. might even get the Mortal Kombat Supreme Arcade. Oh, nice. Yeah, I was thinking should. about that. Yeah, Why man. Not? I'm going to fucking hook that basement up. I'm about to be on some MTV crib shit. Oh, here so. you go. See? Yeah, here you go. But before, but before we get you out of here, we got to yeah, talk man. about so, so what's going on with your polo obsession? You know what? Just like all my... Like, it's funny. I... I get into something and I like go all in, mm-hmm. and, you know, just like stocks, right? Like I get into it, I right. go all in, you know, and I don't know, man. It's something about the releases lately yeah. that haven't really inspired me. You mean like you the know? Yankees release? The Yankees release was cool. Yeah, I, I, that that one was I. Right. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I think, you know, I'm going to always love low, like always. Like I... It's in my heart, man. Right. It's in my DNA. Yeah, you were fighting hard, bro. I remember last. I know. Time, last you, time I was on the podcast, fighting, and you like, I don't fighting. know anymore. Yeah, and I'm like, yo, what the fuck? Like, nah, man. This is, and you're a big part of it, man. This is a, a, a culture, and this this has to be ingrained in you, man. And it, it's ingrained in me, but at the same time, just like, like. I don't know what it was about the pandemic, but like fashion in general and just streetwear. It took a back seat. It took a back seat. And I'm I'm not there mentally yet for it to be in the front seat. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I I'm waiting. Maybe this summer is the time where things start popping back up pop, popping back up. But right now yeah. it's like I'm not really checking for sneakers. I'm not I, like I of course I follow the accounts, I see what's coming out, but you know, I, I did get the low uh, Kith collection. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you showed, yeah, you. I got that. I, I remember. I did get that joint. I think I texted you one of the sweaters and you said you had one of them already. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, I had I had the. You got the bear sweater, right? I got the bear sweater and I got the denim jacket. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I love that denim jacket too. It's good. There's, that's some good quality mm-hmm. shit. You know, I got to share. Yeah. If I show it to you in person, you would love it. But, mm-hmm. You know, but just in general, man, like. I'm not on it like I was, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because, you know, I'm not really going outside, man. I've been in uh, shorts and, and uh, my Nike flip-flops, and, and my wife beat it for, like, 14 months now. So, man, like, <laughs> I'm just not. This is the first time I've really, really dressed up since I did take a trip to Vegas, though. Man, look at you. During, yeah, you did take a trip. During, during the yeah. pandemic, I you, took a trip to Vegas. You and the wife. So, yes. Yeah, I remember, yeah. The the Venetian actually sent uh, sent me a um, uh, brochure or whatever, and they were like, "Yo, three free nights come through." Yeah, because you told me at that you remember in the you, suite yeah, too, you, and you, like the you, presidential you, joints. You, you were telling me at the house you was gonna go. Yeah, you, 
they had gave you that that deal, and you was like, "Yeah, I think I'm going." Yeah, so man, that's what happens when you're a degenerate gambler. Sometimes oh, you Jesus. get <laughs> you get oh, the free joints. This guy, but yeah, man. But other than that, like I've been like cooped up, man. Um, but I'm excited to see what what what's gonna drop soon, man. Like, I I I hope there's something that's coming that inspires me. You know what I mean? That mm. makes me passionate about it. And like, yo, I gotta like uh, standing in line and and you know what I mean, waiting for the store to open. That's nah, the man, I mean, chances are nothing is gonna come that inspires you because mm. they're just retroing things. So if it didn't inspire you twenty like years shirt. ago, <laughs> then like what's what's gonna be the difference now? You never know though, man. They might surprise you, man. You like, know what? Here, this is funny. This just hit me. I don't think you remember the GK, but you were getting on him. Cause I watched the podcast. Cause remember he was talking about. Remember, cause you know the, you you have the original to that. Yeah. And you were telling him like, yo, it's you know that's trash. Like the original, you need the original. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And now you're wearing it. I know. Right? Oh, well, <laughs> it, you remember? Is I remember it, that. Is this thing? It's not rayon, right? It's cotton. It's synthetic, I think. I yeah, I think it's. Synthetic. It's synthetic. It's yeah. not. Can I, it's you not, know that's not bad. Really? It's a little like uh, thinner than rayon. Yeah. But it's a lot closer to rayon than yeah. I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. It's not bad. No, because yeah. GK is a purist when it comes to polo shit. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> and I remember y'all were going back and forth. He was like, "Yo, it's not." You know what I'm saying? But it it can't. You know, I, th- I think it's a green one too, right? They have... It's the green one, the red one, and this joint. Yeah. So. Yeah, I was trying to get the red one, man. So I think I saw Prance with it. I was like, "Shit." Yeah, you know, you know, yeah. he's he's Mister. You know, the Flatbush Corner. Shout out Prince Low. Shout out Prince Low, um, bro. But yeah, well, uh, uh, GK, what are you think about the Yankee line? Did you like it? Um, I know you like the Bears. I mean, the, I hate the, the Yankees. Yeah, but the, you so, would get the, whoa, whoa, no, but they got I, the Cubs. They got the Dodgers. I heard that they're gonna make the Bears for all the teams because it's been so successful. Oh, they gonna do all of them? Yeah, I mean, I think that the Bear shirts now look really weird because they are heat pressed and not silk screens, mm-hmm. yeah. but they're still using half tones. Mm-hmm. Which doesn't make any sense, and then, and the material is not even as good as it. You know, I'm talking about actually like yeah, these things are gonna fall apart. They right. won't even make two years. Mm-hmm. Um, the Yankees thing, I haven't touched it, so I really can't can't tell you about like the quality of it. Yeah, but the way it looks, it looks like a bad Supreme collaboration. So, you know, and that's pretty much what it is. Mm-hmm. And that's my opinion on it. Listen, he speaks he speaks the truth. Nah, he, nah I respect the opinion. Man. Because like for him But that's what everything like how many companies are actually putting good quality products out now? Like quality, it's only a cu- quality materials, a couple right? Of few. Like everybody's trying to cut costs now, and yeah. they're not worried about the quality anymore. As long as you have the logo on it, people are gonna think you fly. Like, what are some brands you think GK that are giving you quality? I mean, the brands that make quality are old brands that people like really haven't heard of because mm-hmm. they're small right. runs. So, mm-hmm. like, the smaller the run, the higher the quality mm-hmm. should be because it's more hands-on to the person that's making them if they want quality you know when you look at something like polo supreme north face it's very high production numbers so then the quality you lose the quality you remember north face used to be very high quality right and then the numbers were low though they um they changed their fabric mill to the same fabric mill that was uh used by walmart 
Mm. And that's like kind of when the first time the series came out. It's like yeah. 2000. And that dropped the quality, you know. Um, com- companies that make quality stuff, I guess like it'd be like more traditional things like Danner, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. Yeah. Certain workwear companies. I mean, the, uh, the Carhartt uh, whip stuff mm-hmm. it used to be Carhartt Europe. That stuff is like super high quality. It's good, but it's expensive. Mm-hmm. So you gotta pay for quality. Mm-hmm. It's out there. Though. I notice even with high fashion, like you go into the Gucci store and like certain items feel higher quality than other items. Like the lower end items in the Gucci store, right. it feels just like this sometimes. You know, I what mean, because it probably is that. Yeah, exactly. If not, and, but the, see, because they have an astronomical uh, markup. So astronomical like, isn't he? that's an yeah, understatement. You know what I'm, saying? <laughs> I'm just saying, like that's what they do. It's like because of their name, they just mark shit up you know ten thousand percent yeah and you're paying for a regular t-shirt a regular t-shirt regular t yeah i have nine hundred thousand dollars fifteen hundred dollars yeah i mean i personally hate what gucci has become it's just like a bad streetwear brand now yeah might as well be like ten deep or some shit yeah well i mean i think i mean i just think they're trying they're trying to get into something that they're not accustomed to right they should stick to what they are you know, say what they do good, do well, but then they're trying to. Everybody's trying to get their little streetwear section. Street wear, yeah, yeah. yeah, even Polo, they all trying to get their little streetwear. We want to be like Supreme, and we want to come out with stuff. And then you know, what I'm saying we want people waiting on lines. I just don't think it works. How do you feel about the Gucci North Face collab? I mean, I like it because of North Face, but I've actually uh, touched some of them. You know, I touched some of the items that are. It felt like trash, it's right? Just, yeah, it was the regular, regular degular. I even looked at some of the the the, the, the tag. You know what I'm saying? And the, it's the same. You can get a T-shirt like this, and some of the shit was the same thing. The mm-hmm. sizing on that stuff looked so crazy. Like they yeah. really doubled down on like those like really big puffy jackets. You see like a really thin person wearing like a puffy jacket that looks like huge on them. Like, yeah. Like Kanye in that mm-hmm. Minecraft video, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And they doubled down on that whole style. Yeah. And that was like a fly by night trend. Mm-hmm. So now the something that should have been timeless is gonna go out of style. It's already out of style. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Because don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. If you, I like the floral. Yeah, floral the floral. Is no, all right. no, it's, yeah. I mean, they have nice. They have nice designs. But all, all that I'm saying that if if I'm gonna pay a thousand dollars for a t-shirt, but yeah. I can get that t-shirt for thirty five dollars, and it's the same quality, same just that sh- a name. Yeah. It's like, dude, like you. I'm going for the 35 all well, the time. Welcome to marketing and branding, you though, know right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, I can't do it, bro. I like, because the more you learn and the more you meet, you know, people that do these things and fashion That's the people. Thing. Yeah. And they telling you that, oh, we made this for $5. But mm-hmm. when I see it in the store, the shit is three, $400. I'm like, hell no. You know, yeah, I'm going to tell you something funny about yeah. the markup. Mm-hmm. So when I was selling t-shirts, We'd bring them to Reed, Reed Space. We sold them at Reed Space, mm-hmm. anything, Division East. There's a bunch of stores we mm-hmm. had, right? You know, like the, the, the Met t-shirt? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it was the Mr. Met t-shirt. And when we brought them, when I first brought them to Reed Space, I wanted to sell them for $20 because I wanted them to be affordable. But they would not let me put them in the store at $20. They were like, the wholesale has to be 16 to $18, and then we double it. Oh, wow. Right. Mm-hmm. All boutiques work like that. It's a double. Mm-hmm. When I went to a design store, maybe like a month ago, same thing. I gave them a wholesale price, and they're like, "No, 
it's got to be double this, you know? So, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. It's it's like a scam, yeah. you know? But it's all, you know, they artificially inflate the prices. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So. Yeah. They do that so that they can get that money in the front end when everybody is hype on it. And then when they drop the sale... Yeah, then you're not a few really months later. You're right, paying right. like you know actual well, retail value. Mm-hmm. Not only that, they're making more money than the person that makes the products because yeah. they don't have. Well, I guess they gotta pay rent and all that stuff. But you know, you produce a product. Let's say it's five dollars. You sell it wholesale for fifteen. You get ten dollars. The store sells it for thirty. You know, thirty dollars. Yeah. They make a full fifteen, but they have overhead. So mm-hmm. I guess that's not really a fair statement. Yeah, that's why prices are so high. With yeah. Boutiques, it's a straight double. Same thing with galleries. Mm-hmm. Art galleries, yeah, they take 50%. Off the top. Yeah, yeah. So if you pay $10,000 for something, the artist takes home $5,000, and the gallery keeps $5,000. It's like a 50-50 split. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that means you, you've been through that uh, personally. Yeah. You've, you've gone through that. So. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. He, he definitely knows that from firsthand. Really? See, the art world ain't really something I've delved into yet, but I'm going to get there. Oh, man. Jesus. That's my next thing. <laughs> Jay, the artist. Jay Flap was the you artist. Gonna come, yo, you're going to come to the man cave. You're going to see a Bosque out in there. I know. I'm like, what the, like what the fuck? I'm like, damn, them stocks been selling. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, yo, let's wrap this up because... Yeah, uh, it's, it's, it was fun. it's time to go. Jay, where can they find you? Uh, at Jay Flatbush. I, I, my shit is private now uh, on Instagram, so I, I got to vet you before I let you follow me. But mm. uh, yeah, at Jay Flatbush on Flatbush that. and Twitter. Yeah, I went private, man. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, I'm, at a, I'm getting to a point in my life where I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to do it for the gram or nothing like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I do it for people I'm close to. So. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying to be out there like that anymore. So, uh, but my Twitter's not private, and you can you can read all about uh, my investments on there. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> hit me up, uh, J Flatbush on Twitter and Instagram. Mm-hmm. So, GK, this is this is it. No, I really I don't have anything to say this week. You said that I, last week. No, no, I like. At this point, like I have like everything that I have to do for today in order to get ready for tomorrow. Just like it's like in your head. Like, yeah, yeah. So, so like, I'm like, let me just get the hell out of here and like start doing whatever the fuck I gotta do. Yo, he's so real. Oh man. Okay. But yeah, we can leave it at that. Okay. So uh, right. yeah, you can find me on Instagram, Polo Parata, the Superbeat Podcast on Facebook. Instagram, we're on YouTube, we're on almost every podcast provider that you know of. Um, thank you, Jay, for coming, and uh, you know me, we'll have you again because you know it's always a fun time. Absolutely, man. You, know, you may doing be doing this. something else. You know, you I know, know. You're, you're jack of all trades anyway. I try to be, man. You gotta keep it fresh, man. You know, you know he's, he's also an HR. Yes, I you know, do HR. <laughs> I do. I do executive recruiting, executive you know, coaching. Uh, yeah, I do a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. But yes, thank you as always for coming. And we'll be back next week, guys. Uh, Sufi Podcast, signing off. Ciao.